0: Hey everybody, so today's episode is number 19 of the Under the Cloud podcast, and I'm really excited. Um, So before we get into the details of what today's episode is about, I would like to say first, we have an email that would probably be way, way easier uh, for you guys to get in touch with me with, because it dings on my phone when it pops up, and the email is under the cloud podcast at gmail.com. I went ahead and did it that way because it's just easier for me, for you guys. And I was thinking that, you know, shoot me an email. Tell me that, um, you know, tell me what you guys think so far. Give me good or bad. It doesn't matter. Give me some feedback. Let us know what we can do to make it better. Um, I'll save your email, uh, email, and I can put you on a list that when we have Q&A, uh, episodes coming up, and we have one that's kind of controversial or something. We can send out a blanket email and say, Hey, guys, you know, we're going to have this topic. Do y'all have any questions? And uh, if, you, if you want to, that's fine. Um, if not, you check us out on Facebook and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, one of these days we'll have an email, or uh, sorry, one of these days we'll have a website. But uh, but for now, you know, email is the easiest. So it's under the cloud podcast at gmail.com. Now, another thing is, I have been extraordinarily diligent at learning and trying to get better at the audio quality. Uh I know that what's been killing me with it is putting my headphones in, my phone and listening, going back and listening to the past episodes especially, and I have to have my phone turned all the way up to hear it. And if I'm mowing or weed eating or something like that, I can't I can't listen to the podcast. Um and it may be my headphones, I don't know, but I've had a couple of people say that they they agreed that that's the way it is, so I want to be more diligent about working with it. So a couple of things that I've done since the last episode, uh, I've adjusted some things, and then today's episode when we cut it uh, and recorded, I thought I had it set up perfectly the way that I figured out, but it turns out I didn't. But it's still, I think it's louder, it just has some EQ stuff i got to work on, so... Please forgive me, I'm working on this and I'm trying my best to get a high-quality audio product put out as well as a good quality kingdom product put out. Uh, I want to do what's best for the kingdom and put out a good product for the Lord. And uh, so uh, if you guys continue to please bear with me through this process, um, I will greatly appreciate it. Um, Also, today's episode is with a guy from church. His name is Justin Rangel. Uh Justin's an Air Force veteran. Uh he's a guy that's been coming to church for a little while, He's become a good friend of mine. Uh and a lot of the guys in church, he he's he's a man's man, so we get along real well and have a good time talking about God, about theology and uh and his car. <laughs> he's got a sweet car. So um I guess I guess that's all I have. So the email, uh bear with us on the audio and uh so without any further ado, enjoy the episode.
1: You're listening to the Under the Cloud Podcast.
0: are you ready i'm ready let's pray lord we love you we thank you for your mercy lord we thank you for just the opportunity to come together and to just glorify who you are and what you've done in our lives lord we thank you for just this chance and these friends lord that you sent my way lord that we can just sit and have these conversations anyway but lord now that we can record them and and put it out there for your kingdom to hear and to be blessed and edified from lord we thank you for all that you do be with us this conversation, Lord. Help us to keep our heart and focus on what it is that you want us to talk about to help your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I just realized that I'm probably going to mispronounce your last name. So it's Justin Wrangle. Wrangle. Justin Wrangle. Yeah. I just call you Justin. I've called yeah. you. <laughs> I have it in my phone. Um but it's either Wrangle or Ringle or something. So, so, uh, so today I got Justin Wrangle, and uh, again, like most of the times, I go to church with Justin uh, with most of the people so far that we've had, um, and he and I—I I don't know. I mean, it just kind of—you were there, and we have acquaintances and stuff. And I, I believe it was just like one of them times where we just started talking as if we were friends. Even though we weren't friends, and then in and of itself, like okay, well, this guy's cool. So, and yeah. uh, I mean, for me anyway, and I'm like, uh, I I don't meet many strangers anyway, so it's even easier for that to be the case. But right. how long have you been coming to church uh, with uh, Christ Way? It's been a little over a year now. Okay. And
1: so, uh, which, you gotta which blows my mind. So, but yeah, I, I drive, uh, about an hour and five minutes, uh, to the church every Sunday and Wednesday. So if you were and, driving the speed limit, how far would that be? Um, I mean, (laughs) I, 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 I'm a good boy. I try try to, I try to, I try to do the best I can to, you know, unless I'm passing somebody, Yeah, you know, that's probably the only time that I'll truly, well, it does
0: help that you live in Texas, which allows you to do 75. Most of the way, most of the way. Yes. And
1: we, and we have, we have a little bit of, uh, Uh, I guess you could say, uh, leniency or grace from the Texas State Trooper to get at least go a five over. Yeah. So we could probably,
0: you know, set crews at 80. And you have a, uh, uh, what year is your car? 2020? It's a 21. 21. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dodge Challenger. Charger. 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 and so it's a really fast car anyway so um but anyway I would be tempted to speed in that thing for sure (laughs) (laughs) the temptation is real yeah and uh so um so you you have your story that what I've heard of it is is semi-normal you know it's it's not like it was the something that nobody can believe right but it's still pretty crazy so Mm -hmm. um and so we were talking about getting on here and and doing an episode, and then after the one we just did on tongues and stuff, I I just wanted to have a, I just want to take it easy for a minute because that right. was a heavy one, and which is great. I want to be heavy with this. I want to be what God wants us to do, yeah. and touch touch the people. But um, I kind of hinted around like I, I, I don't even remember what it was, but we were talking about something. I was like, ah, let's not get into that just yet, right? And right. Uh, and then you said, well, let's do a testimony. I am like, yeah, let's do it. So. um go ahead man what you got
1: well um you know i was introduced uh you know to the bible you know when i was very young my grandmother uh was just an absolute warrior you know looking back you know obviously absolutely just truly truly the glue that held my family together and um i remember i was about five six maybe seven years old something like that um and uh she would read Bible stories is like it was just like the story Bible it had like David and Goliath it had uh, you know Elijah and Elisha uh, all these different types of stories that were in there and of course the one the one that most people most kids like is David and Goliath I mean you got this young guy that's able to sling a rock into the forehead of a giant you know how yeah. cool is that you know, but, uh, but that was the one thing that stuck to me. And, uh, and of course, you know, as you know, I mean, God's word doesn't return void. So once it's been planted in you, it's going to do something. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, once it's been watered, obviously the labors have definitely been there in my life, you know, continuing to water that seed ever since I was a kid, you know, granted, I was a rebellious kid as well, you know, and I didn't accept Christ, you know, right then, you know, it was, I had my moments up until I was about fifteen years old. You know, I was a bully in school. You know, I did all these different stupid stuff and uh, things that I weren't, I wasn't proud of, and and to the point to where I started to recognize that I wasn't proud of it, yeah. uh, even before I got saved, and um, and it was just one of those things to where obviously, you know, with uh, with my mom and dad, um, you know, type thing. It was just you know, my dad was he was a party guy. You know, this that and the other. Drugs here and there, you know, mom did the same thing, you know, type thing, you know, um, but but nonetheless, they did love me. They they did the best that they could. You know, we we grew up very, um, um, I guess you could say, um, in, in sort of like a poverty type type setting. You know, we lived in travel trailers in, in the middle of the woods, you know, no running water, stuff like that. You know, so obviously we we were you know, it was it was one of those things to where you truly got to appreciate every little thing that came to you yeah uh, even as a kid and so um so i got to that point to where you know i was in school and i was like man i would see other kids parents and this of course I, I didn't know the 10 commandments at this point i hear the 10 commandments but i didn't truly know it and i didn't understand what envying you know envy was and coveting and all these different things and so finally um um you know i got to that point to where i'm like man you know my friend over here man his parents are so cool why are my parents like that you know yeah. and so you start to get in it it i i dipped down into a like a depressive state at some point you know and um <clears throat> tried my hand at you know drugs stuff like that even at a young age
0: so you're talking like um,
1: junior high or high school or? yeah this was like uh, end of junior high begin you know right before high school so mostly junior high up into my freshman year in high school so, um, my, you know, I would get into fights and all these different things and it was just it, things that I'm not absolutely proud of who I used yeah. to be, you know, it doesn't seem and, like you at all, you know, <laughs> which is great. You know, like it, that, that right there is a testament in itself. Yeah. You know, speaking of the, you know, the, the premise of this show, but, uh, um, but as far as, as far as that's concerned, like I said, it got to the point to where I recognized that I needed to change and, I wouldn't have recognized that. And that recognition I think was part of the Holy spirit just tugging, saying, Hey, 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 you know, working on me and just dealing with me. And I didn't recognize that as that. Of course, I didn't know what that was, you know, other than, Oh, this is Bible stories, David and Goliath and Adam and Eve and all these different things. But, um, as far as, uh, I remember coming home, I was on a bus and, uh, You know, obviously, I had gotten into a fight. I think like a week before. Uh, I was a freshman in high school at this point, and um, and I remember sitting on the bus, and um, I was just I just started to cry. You know, I I was just on the bus, and I just I was tired of myself. Obviously, the week before, you know, even that week before that, just like I mentioned, you know, um, I even did a I had a suicide attempt, and um, and it was on it was on the dirt road up in the woods. I was just tired. I was like, you know what, I can't change. Uh, People don't like me um, and I literally grabbed a property stick and broke it over my knee until I got the sharp end and I was just going to literally stab myself in the heart and um, you know and and I kid you not Jonathan the moment I got ready to rear it back you know kind of stretch out my arms and they get ready to just sort of like thrust it in me my arms went paralyzed like I literally could not feel my arms like they just fell asleep I couldn't feel them I couldn't grab anything and I just started crying because even at that point I didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. I was just to the point to where I was like, how yeah, my sad. Body is, ain't working. <laughs> how sad is that? Yeah. Like, I can't even hurt myself. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I can hurt all these other people, but I can't hurt myself. Why is that? You know? But um, but anyways, um, so fast forward now, we're on the bus. I'm coming home <clears throat> and uh, I was just contemplating life at this point. I just really just not happy with myself. I wasn't happy. I was very depressed. And, um, and so finally I remember, um, uh, it was going towards the end of the bus route. My sister was in the front and she was talking to the bus driver. Um, and, uh, and I remember hearing my name and, um, and I stood up and I told them, I was like, Hey, why are you guys talking about me? Keep my name off your mouth off your tongue. We're not talking about you. My sister said, I just shut up. You know, it's my sister, you know? So, uh, and I'm like, well, I heard my name. Well, we didn't say your name. So I sit back down in the bus on the seat. And the moment I sit down, um, I just, I just felt this, like my body was getting weaker. Like I just, I could, I, I just felt weak. Like, I just felt like, like, I just like my hands just like trembling a little bit. And, um, and then I hear my name again, but this time it like shook me to the core. I didn't. I I can't explain it. All, all I know is it's like it's looking back. It's like as though God was sitting right next to me.
0: The whole Samuel thing you where know? you woke up hearing God call his name. Yeah, kind of thing where you think it was, and it wasn't them. It was your conscious. It was it was God t- calling your, it's my spirit man. But you were hearing yeah. it, thinking it was your sister talking yeah. about you. Yeah, right.
1: And and so. It it got to the point to where you know, and it, it word for word it said, "You need to change your ways, my son," right. and I broke down crying in the, right there on the bus, and I was like I said, I could barely stand up, I could barely walk, I, I was I was just a bunch of mush and goo, <laughs> crying and snot everywhere. Just I I knew something was happening. There was something going on with me, and uh, and you know, but to hear this voice say that you need to change your ways, my son. Um, really, like I said, it shook me to the core. It truly did, like deep down.
0: And um, and this uh, is when you're like freshman. Yeah, freshman in high school. So 14, 15 years old, this is mm-hmm. an encounter. Okay. Yes. Is this your first time in a in a moment of trying to give your life to God, or is it yes. is, so you hadn't like, met at the Bible school when you was a kid, and stuff. Right. it's just what your grandmother had taught you Right through that? Okay. Yeah, this is my first
1: encounter, my absolute first encounter, yeah. just experience of who God was at this point. And um, now granted in this, in this moment, you know um, my grandparents would never um, would never come on the weekends and stuff like that, you know, but um, I was, I was almost certain that this voice told me that my grandmother and my grandparents were actually going to come that evening and that I needed to tell my grandmother exactly what I was, I was just told. Yeah. And so Um, and I just, I, like I said, I was just sit there, just crying on the bus, crying on the bus. Then my sister looks at me as I was getting ready to get off the bus. What's wrong with you? Oh, mind. You know? So finally I go to sit down in the house. I could barely, like I said, I could barely walk. I was literally tripping and falling, going down this trail back to the, to the house. Uh, we were the last stop out in the middle of the woods of Nacogdoches, Texas. And so, uh, so finally, um, I remember, um, sitting there and the dogs start barking. And of course, you know, I get up squirrels are like running around so they're chasing squirrels i'm like okay i'm thinking i'm like okay i'm expecting my grandparents literally to show up because i was told that they were going to be there so literally the very moment that i sit down back in that chair they start barking again like crazy and um and so i go to turn around and sure enough my grandparents are backing up next door uh with a trailer load full of stuff because in this time frame they were moving from flower mound texas next door to my mom and dad where we lived and so uh, I literally just bolted out the door. My mom's like, shut the door, you know, <laughs> you know, and so, and I, but, but of course I didn't shut the door. So I, I think my sister ended up shutting the door for me. Um, but uh, but I get up there and I look at my grandmother and uh, I said, Grandma, I need to talk to you. No, not right now, Justin. We're busy. We got to unload this and we got to get back to Dallas. And I'm like, Grandma, I, I, I'm serious. I need to talk to you. And she and and I was like I think God talked to me. She's like, don't you dare blaspheme His name, because she knew I was a rebellious little you know little you know guy. You know, yeah. and I was like, man, you know, um, I. But uh, but she saw when she finally saw my face and saw that like the tears were yeah, uncontrollable. Yeah. She fell to her knees and she knew exactly what had happened at this point. And she said, "What did this voice tell you?" And she and I said, "It told me to change my ways and it called me son." And then she just like, she just started speaking in tongues right there. She just started praising God and just, 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 she's like, okay, we need to go down to the house. And my uncle Danny had literally just pulled up and my grandpa was there and they're like, we got to go to the house. We need, we need to go pray with Justin. We need to, you know, and so it was that night, you know, my grandmother asked me and she's like, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And I said, I do. And she's like, do you accept him in your heart? Do you, do you, do you believe that he's the one that will save you, that he will, you know deliver you from the bad attitudes and i was like i do i truly do and and uh, i said do you expect him you know to do so and i said yes and then so she prayed we all prayed together and uh and the moment i opened up my eyes it was like looking through a new set of eyes and like i i was like i was so like literally okay imagine imagine a, a you know uh you're holding uh like a I don't know, like a, a marble that you just dropped in butter. But then you tried to grab that marble and you squeeze it. That's yeah. how I was. And it just shot right out. Like like as soon as I opened my eyes, I was like, OK, I want to go to church every Wednesday. I want to go to church every <laughs> Sunday. I just want to do that. I want to get my Bible. I, I want to pray right. with you every day, Grandma. You know, and it was just it was these things and it just started to grow. Fast forward a little bit. Now, what year would that have been? This was in, uh, believe it or not, it was the day after the 49ers beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl.
0: Okay. It was, it was so January of 95. I'm how, 42. Okay. So, we're yeah, okay. So. That was, a day, that was a good day. That was the, I was at church and we were watching that Super Bowl and I was the only one rooting for the 49ers because I am a 49ers fan. Right, And that was the night during this, and we were watching it at the church mm-hmm. and we had church at like four so right. that we could watch the Super Bowl. And that was the uh, Super Bowl they had the the frog's Budweiser. <laughs> and it we was sitting in church and all of a sudden there like goodness. a Budweiser commercial. I'm like, right. I just sorry. I just thought that's that's ridiculous. So I remember that very well. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. But I mean that was uh it was around that time
1: and uh it just I it, it was just such a zeal and And it's at that very moment, you know, it's like, you know, you hear the prayers uh, these days, you know, they say, Hey, Lord, you know, um, uh, given to me the joy of my salvation. It's, it's that very moment that you have given your life, you know, that's that new life that, that comes in. You're excited about you're you're completely zealous about it. And you're just, you just, it's that new fire. It's that new experience. And so, so fast forward a little bit and, uh, obviously, um, I graduate high school. You know, I, I was president of a of a club called Generation J. Um, you know, it was a student led Bible study at the school, and um, it you know Generation Jesus basically is what it stood for. Um, I was leading worship at my church. Um, you know, with the, in the youth and stuff like that. So. Um, so what
0: denomination? What type? Of, are you just talking about speaking the tongues? And you didn't, and so, you didn't, you didn't even <laughs> shudder. So what type of church did you grow up in? If, if just to kind of lay a foundation for everybody listening. So uh, and for me too, because I don't know how much I know.
1: Right. So I actually grew up in Assembly of God. Okay. And yeah. uh, and so uh, very
0: similar to what I grew up. Church. Right, of God, Yeah.
1: Right. And so, uh, so it was one of those things. It's like I guess you could say it's more like the laid-back Pentecostal, yeah, Pentecostals and stuff. You know, I mean, I remember watching uh, going going in in the four-year, and you have the Pentecostal Evangel yep. magazines yeah, in the yeah, four-year. Yeah. You
0: know? and that's the Church of God uh, yeah. publication. That's what's funny. Yep,
1: yep. And so, uh, and and it was just one of those things where um, I fast forward a little bit, and and finally, you know, I graduate high school. Um, and granted, and um, I had before I graduated high school, I had. Visited we we took a youth trip down to Pensacola, Florida during the 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 Brownsville revival, and uh, I remember literally stepping stepping foot outside of that church and the same experience that I felt when I first got saved, where my let my body was weak, like it was like it's almost like one of those things to where they say that if it's like standing in His glory, like like you just it's just so powerful, just you're it's I can't explain it, I I truly can't, you know, but um but i remember walking into the building and it was just it was just a, an amazing moment like i mean we there was such overflow i mean at this point in the revival that i mean they have already had well over 2 million visitors worldwide that had poured into you know they call it the Pensacola outpouring and yeah. and so at this point you know granted god had called me into the ministry when i was mowing a yard with my grandfather my grandfather and um and i remember stopping the lawnmower and, uh, and this was in Dallas, Texas, and this was probably about, um, six months to a year after I got saved and, um, and I gave my life to the Lord. And, um, and I remember I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? I know that you're calling me to do something. And every single time, Jonathan, I kid you not that every time I'd ask God, what do you want me to do? The answer that I always, always get was my, my timing is perfect every single time and i yeah. got so frustrated at hearing that over and over and over i said like, god i know your timing is perfect but what do you want me to do and it, it was in which and, means quit asking yeah it's pretty much it's, it's just a, like a dad you got your kid <laughs> hey dad
0: hey dad hey um just okay just chill out i'll get it to you soon you're you know? not old enough yet right like, kind of but hard to explain hard to explain that for sure like i am sorry i just when when i first got into preaching i was ready to pastor a church man i was ready to go let's do this Thousand people church, whatever, let's do. I was ready. I was just so, so overzealous. And I don't even know if that's the right way. I was extraordinarily zealous about his kingdom and and reaching people. And I had this guy tell me, he goes, Man, listen, it'll take years before you're ready to do that. And I was like, Man, how, why are you holding me down? You know, then, (laughs) and then one day I was like, Yeah, I know what he's talking about. I get get it. But it's at, at that time, man, it's really hard to explain to people just you know hey his time is perfect you know it's just absolutely i I think that's one of the hard parts um not to sidetrack this but i think that's one of the hard parts because we tend to try to balance the desire for learning and moving toward where he wants us to go and the balance the other side of that is being patiently waiting where he wants us to go right and and it's not like we have a literal cloud over our head, right? And it's cool that works out. Like, when the cloud moved, they moved. And when the cloud sits still, they sit still. And so some of us now, when God's, when we know the calling, we know it's there, you know, it's hard to say, Hey, listen, God just wants you. He just gave you the heads up so you could be preparing for that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. And so you do all the legwork, prepare, read, study, learn, you know, learn stuff as you go and opportunities will present themselves. Um, but then you're you're wanting to be like, okay, hey, call every pastor in town. Hey, if you ever need anybody to fill in, if you ever need anybody to fill in, you know, like, right. And so, yeah, I know, I know exactly <laughs> what you were talking about. So, um, yeah, his time is perfect. So it's crazy. I mean, it, and you know, it's it's just one of those
1: things where I kept hearing that, and then finally, it was just one of those things where I accepted it. Okay, I realized the growing the growing that I had to do. Um, and, and even more so the further along in my walk, you know, right. because, um, you know, it was not long after I decided to, to go to school at the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry there that they had birthed there from the revival. And, um, and so my first semester there at the seminary, I mean, um, you know, you had teachers like Michael Brown, you know, great, you know, great man of God. You oh, know, yeah. Lyndall Cooley was our, was our uh, music teacher uh, you know stuff like that, and of course, you know you had Pastor Kilpatrick, John Kilpatrick, and uh, he was the main. Uh, he was the main yeah, pastor yeah. there, and then of course uh, Steve Hill. You know mm-hmm. he was ahead of uh, you know God. You know God. I mean he's he's up with the Lord now. He he uh, he passed away. Uh, I want to say probably about maybe five six years ago of melanoma cancer. Because um, after the revival, you know, kind of you know fizzled out at the at some point. You know, I think it, it was back in two thousand and one.
0: It said I just looked it up. Uh, Take a second to say that the Brownsville Revival, it says, was from 95 to 2000 in -hmm. Pensacola, Florida, at Brownsville Assembly of God. Mm -hmm. Is it a town, Brownsville, or is it just the name of the church? It's the name of the church. Okay, so uh, for those of you guys listening, I was in Chicago during that time frame, and I was going to an Assembly of God church, and they were sending buses down there to go to that. And, of course, I was in the Navy, and I was in school, and I couldn't go. But I remember those kids coming back from this like like man they were like on fire dude yeah. it was like let's go let's do this and and that lasted for five years and it just said that over four million people attended in five years and I do remember the one thing that I remember about that was that they took every Tuesday off Tuesdays yeah, was the so. day they took off and I, I was like what a weird day to take <laughs> off but they they picked Tuesday they didn't have any services yep. but they were having morning they and were night. having morning midday, midday and, and night, night services. And it was, uh, and then of course you know the
1: the the revival started in Father's Day of '95. Yeah. Um, on Father's Day of all of all things, which you know, it
0: didn't intend to be a revival. It didn't. No.
1: no. And um, and it was the altar call. Uh, Charity James, who was the was the girl that. Uh, oh yeah. She was on I there. That. I don't know if you know her testimony, but she didn't saying, know right? she didn't know how to sing before. Really. And the Holy Spirit actually gave her the gift to sing, and she started singing "Mercy Seat." And the and, and that song is powerful at a, at an altar, man. My goodness, it like it would literally like people sprinting to the altar to to literally lay prostate before the Lord, say, "Hey, Father, I'm here. You know, yeah. you come and uh, you know change my life. I'm, I, you know deliver me, whatever the case may be." But uh, so I decided to go to that school, and it, I felt it a strong calling to to go there. And so I uh, ended up leaving. I was staying with, you know, with some friends uh, from the church that I went to there in Nacogdoches, Texas. And uh, and then finally, you know, I just kind of got sidetracked uh, with some with some things that I, I you know, got exposed to uh, with some guys that were at the school, you know, that uh, really uh, became a, a damper in my life, you know. And I'll be open with you, you know. Um, they exposed me to the pornography side of things. And and I would just I just it just sputtered at that point you know because and then uh my uh, my roommates I hey guy you know I, I don't know what to you know what you're gonna do but you can't stay in my apartment anymore so i literally i i ran i went back home i ran away from my calling and um and uh at this point and they were like why'd you run they could have just counseled you and did this and did that and uh and i just i was embarrassed i was completely yeah. shamed you know I, I felt shame i felt that it, it was just so because i was just like okay i need to get rid of this you know this like i was exposed to it but then it's like boom you know oh, wow you know because i you know i'm just like i've never done anything of the such you know even previous i mean i was some kid in the woods <laughs> yeah. you know but um but anyways um so how old were you at this point was this i, after was, high uh, school? I was 18 years old okay. yeah i was 18 uh, I was I was in that first semester I was ready to get going pursue God's calling and then boom you know yeah. just kind of messed up so I went home obviously and then you know just still be, you know st- was still a prodigal son at this point you know um, and um, and of course you know ended up joining the Air Force after I found out that my uh, my first wife you know was pregnant um, and I was like uh, I got to do something I need to grow up really fast now and so I ended up joining the Air Force and I was in the Air Force for you um, you know, for 14, 15 years. And then I was medically retired after that. Um, but in that moment while I was in the air force, I, uh, I remember it was in 2004, I finally decided to get my act right and act straight and everything else. Obviously I didn't have any struggles with what I was exposed to, uh, while I was in seminary school. Uh, I felt that God completely delivered me from that. And, uh, and, uh, and so at this point I'm like, okay, Lord, um, I need to, I need to, to go hard after you. I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm here again. And then I get word that we're getting ready to deploy, you know, and this was after, obviously after nine 11, you know, several years after nine 11, um, you know, but, uh, we're getting ready to go to Iraq. And so, um, I'm like, Lord, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to come back alive. I don't know what the situation is going to be. I truly don't know. As like, I, I've got, I've got two kids right here my daughter and my, my oldest son. And, um, And so, um, it was a sobering moment at that point, like reality truly hit. And I'm like, Lord, I, you called me for a reason. I was like, I have to come back alive. I have to come back, you know, unscathed or, or you're, or you're going to show me something, one of the two. Um, and so I remember we're going through the Udari range. We're in Kuwait now, you know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, we're doing the live fire training up there and, um, and uh and we're getting ready to the next day we're getting ready to uh uh push forward in unarmored uh vehicles all the way through the all the way to northern iraq on the main supply route the msr tampa route and so um i remember um before we did that i felt the holy spirit i was in the tent and i remember this other uh this other believer that was a couple tents down his name was uh claiborne and um and so i was like hey I, I feel that God wants us to lay hands on these trucks and anoint these trucks and pray over these trucks um, because, you know, against roadside bombs and you know, all these different things, yeah. you know, so. Unarmored, yeah. So we went out in the middle of the night and we snuck over and literally laid hands on like all 30-something trucks that were out there, the Humvees and all that stuff, uh, the equipment. And um, and so finally, um, you know, we finally go to bed and get ready like three hours later after we get finished praying. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh and we're getting ready to roll out. And uh, and so this captain from the army came up to me and he said, Hey, I noticed you've been carrying this little Bible with you. He said, Are you a believer? And I said, Yes, sir, I am. And he said, What's your last name? And I said, Wrangle. He said, Okay, I'm gonna address you as Wrangle. I'm not gonna give you your rank out here because again, you can't salute me, so I'm not gonna give you, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna make you us a target, you know. So And I understood that. And so he was a head of um, force protection at that point, you know, for that particular army unit that we were uh, attached with. Um, We were attached to the 1st Infantry uh, Division with the army as an Air Force unit. We were actually the first Air Force truck company since Vietnam. And so. So
0: what did you do in Air Force again?
1: I was a transportation guy, basically truck driver. Uh, pretty much Uh, we would we would do pretty much anything you know just moving equipment around or moving equipment personnel you name it um Mm -hmm. i mean that's pretty much what we did i mean uh back you know back home in the states you know it was like tractor trailer we would do runs you know carrying containers from base to base we would put
0: hence why you do what you do now
1: yeah exactly (laughs) recruiting truck drivers so uh but uh but aside from that yeah um i'm just uh you know he kind of gets my attention. Saw me carrying the Bible, and he said, "There's some things I want to show you," and I feel that God wants to show this to you. And I'm like, me out of everybody else in this in this yeah. entire convoy here, me. And um, he felt he felt it to to make sure that he told me and showed me these things. So we leave the Navstar uh, border uh, right there, where Kuwait and, and Iraq and uh, we get ready to push up the MSR 10th. Now, mind mind you, we're in unarmored trucks and vehicles.
0: Um, And so... Which means that they are more likely to be damaged under like uh, bullets or or you know, or roadside bombs, whatnot. Exactly, I'm more likely to be. A, or, it's okay. literally. I'm, the, just, the I'm skins. just using that because yeah. there's some people that have, I know exactly what I was talking about, but right. some people don't. So, so like literally just the
1: skins of the armor, or, or the uh, the vehicles, like the regular doors, all that stuff. Right. So, um, so we're pushing up, and then we, you know, we make it safely to a, a, a fuel point called Cedar Two, and uh, just outside of Nasseria, Iraq. And so I remember um, being in Iraq. Uh, You know, there in Osiria, we stop and uh, we're getting ready to fuel. So the captain literally just walks my way. He said, Wrangle, I was like, Yes, sir. He said, You read your Bible? I was like, Well, you know this. And uh, and he's like, I want to show you something. He said, Come here. So we go to the other side of this other truck and we look off in the distance, probably maybe a good 350, you know, kilometers, if no, 35, no, no, 350 kilometers, you know, away. Just this big structure, looked like half a pyramid. And uh, he said, "These people call this place Ur. You are." He said, "This is the old land of the Chaldeans. This is the birthplace of Abraham." And literally, the moment he said that, I felt the Holy Spirit literally bring everything back. You know, you know, you had, uh, you know, Abraham, the father of many nations, and all these right. different things. It just completely blew my mind. And uh, just that this right here, this is. I mean, we're in Latter Day Mesopotamia, in this, yeah. you know, in this area. So, and you know, and a lot of people are like, "Well, the Garden of Eden was somewhere around in this area because you have the Tigris yeah. and the Euphrates here." And of course, that's another another debate for another day because you know, people are like, "Well, God moved the U- Tigris and Euphrates," and so nobody believe, really knows. I believe
0: the entire planet was the uh, Garden of Eden. Right? They just happened to live there. You know? Right? Pers- right. Personally, and you know, I just <laughs> happened to because it was all it would have all been perfect. So it have been Eden. Anyways, you know, yeah, but yeah, I had the same. Uh, I was in the northern Arabian Gulf or the Nag, in the, which is the very tip part, northern part of the Persian Gulf, and mm-hmm. uh, and we were, you we could see where the land, um, was and where there was no land, and there was land because of the, the Tigris River, right? And uh, and I remember a guy telling me that, like, I wasn't even in, I knew better, but I wasn't in God that well, and uh, but I remember him saying. We're really close to Eden. And I was like, Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. And I like, and this was after nine eleven, so this is right. like all that stuff going on up there and and um and just I know I've I've heard of a lot of stories where soldiers in Iraq were would have that moment of realizing where they were, you know, right. like even through all the turmoil they were going through, but anyway, unarmored vehicles. <laughs> no, so you're <laughs> good. So, so yeah.
1: So I mean, this I was I was pretty mesmerized by right. seeing this, this. That's crazy. You know, and of course, you know, back in the day, you know, as you know, in the Bible it talks about how the Chaldeans used to worship this moon god, and it's kind of ironic, you know, how the moon or the crescent moon with Islam is now. Yeah. That's that's sort of their their yeah. symbol, you right. know, and it's kind of kind of ironic, that's true. I didn't stop it. you know. So. Um, but then we, we we get ready to get in the trucks and we get going and, and as we're leaving, I got my gun right here. I'm driving, you know, got my gun over my driving arm, you know, facing out the window and I'm looking into my right, you know, trying not to run off the road. But it, I just I just could not keep my eyes off of that ziggurat there. And so the ziggurat, that's what it was called. It's 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 like a half pyramid. That's what they it's what they oh, yeah, the name yeah. of it. And so uh so finally, um, we get up to a little village called Hilla, H I L L A, just to the southern side of uh, Baghdad, and so uh, we were gonna uh, basically have like a box formation there. Um, there were some things that obviously they needed to, to do at that point. Um, I think it was I think some trucks needed to get some maintenance knocked out or whatever. But we weren't there, but maybe a couple hours. So the uh, the captain calls on the radio, "Hey Wrangle, need you to come to the front." So I was like. On the way, you know, proceeding, and so finally get up to the front. He said, "There's a few things that I want to show you while we're here." And he said, "Do you see this? Looks like look like this. I don't know this flat area. And it's kind of hilly on this side, flat on this side." And I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of it's pretty massive, you
0: know." And he said, "This is where the Tower of Babel once stood." So I, they've said that, but I don't know how they would know that well. That would take some really so amazing a, a archaeology to figure that out.
1: So, and, and that's where it boils down to because um, a lot of the Iraqi and the Iraqi national people, because there's a lot of Christian Iraqis up there in that area right, yeah. too. And, uh, and a this lot is of the, up north, right? Well, we're actually in the middle at this point. Yeah. We're in the middle of this point. And so, um, and so there's, you know, I see these things and I'm like, man, that's when everybody spoke the same language. Right. You know, <laughs> everybody, great. I mean, just they just tried to make this tower all the way up before God dispersed and said, hey, now you can speak your own languages, you know. And so, and then the other thing he showed me, he said, Now you see this, the what this these ruins over here is it looks like a city. And it's like, yeah, he said, This is the ruins of Babylon. And then instantly, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and the fiery furnace, all these things. I'm like, right. this happened over yeah. here. Right. Daniel in the lion's den, this happened over here too. Yeah. And Nebuchadnezzar, and then him being sent out, you know, to the wilderness after he <laughs> defied God and and all these different things. And so, um, but um, But it was just, you know, that you could see the old ruins of the old hanging gardens, too. And uh, it was just completely I'm sitting here. I'm like, God, you you moved in these areas. That's like four thousand years ago. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, Lord, you're completely opening the Old Testament to my eyes at this point. And so so we get ready to leave. And finally, we make it all the way up to our our final destination was in Mosul, the northern Iraq. And so uh, now, granted, we all know God's got a sense of humor. Absolutely. I see it every day sometimes. You know, but uh but in my life, as you know, leading up to me joining the Air Force, I became a prodigal son. I ran. I took off. I was I was ashamed of what I did. I didn't think that I was loved anymore. You yeah. know, all these different things. You know, and uh and I ran from my calling. Well, guess what Jonah did? He ran from his calling. Uh, guess what the ruins were outside of Mosul. Nineveh, yeah. Nineveh. yeah and so we were there for the next nine months and uh it just it, you know uh, but it you know and then that's hilarious. you know I kind of fast forward a little bit obviously had some some, uh, some really um, really hard encounters in regards to the war uh, losing some friends and stuff like that and you know just uh, um, really just sort of took a toll on me mentally at some so point so you
0: were Air Force but it was almost more like you were uh, infantry yeah pretty much we uh, the
1: um, uh, the army at that time had exhausted a lot of their resources, um, you know, before the capture of Saddam. Yeah. And uh, they were still looking for him. And then right after they caught Saddam is when they said, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're low on manpower in regards to our rotation for our reserves and our guard and even our active duty. So they reached out to the Navy and the Air Force to help kind of fill those voids. And I remember where we went in Mosul. Uh, the the uh, the fuel guys, the Air Force fuel guys, and the Army fuel guys were replaced by both the fuels for uh, with the Navy and the Air Force. Um, you know, yeah, I heard those... of a lot
0: of sailors going up there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
1: made a lot of good friends with some sailors out there. Um, really good guys, and uh, I tell you what, man. I mean, we may we may clown on each other as a branch oh, yeah, yeah. on outside, but t- talk about m- one of the most well old machines when right. in, in wartime. Um, but uh, but uh, going to. You know, going to Nineveh was was an experience in itself. Or seeing Nineveh, not really truly going to it. But there was a lot that that brought validation to his word, to God's word for me. Yeah. And uh, and so finally, you know, it's like I had I had these, uh, uh, you know, beliefs. You know, I, I I truly believed in you know speaking things into existence at this point. You know, and then finally get to that um, to that point to where. Um, you know, I'm like, OK, I want, i I'm ready to get home. I'm ready to be with my family. Yeah. You know, I just lost one of my best friends. How long were you over there? Uh, we were there for nine and a half months. So between between our training and then finally getting up to um, uh, Mosul, you know, there, there was a there was a period there that we had to wait uh, because we had to take all of our trucks and out of DRMO like they were getting ready to, to, to go and be trashed. So, we had to literally fix these things back up in order to convoy up to Mosul and make them, you know, to, to utilize <laughs> them. Yeah. Oh, to use them. Okay, yeah, yeah. To use them for the convoys and the escorts oh, okay. and I stuff got you like saying. that. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. So, but, uh, but it was in this point where I get home. I got orders to, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a recruiter now. I'm, I just want to change a pace. I want to get out of this career field, you know. I, I just I want to do something, and so I became a recruiter and and uh, I was actually going to be stationed at the Cortana Mall in Baton Rouge, but then Katrina hit, and then um and then I got rerouted here to Derrida, Louisiana, and I lived here. Which is
0: closer to where you're from, too?
1: Right, exactly.
0: Oh, what, an hour and a half, two hours from. Yeah, that it's diagnosis? about
1: it's about hour and forty five minutes, give All or right, take. Yeah. So something like that. Uh, maybe two hours, uh, depending on how fast you're going.
0: <laughs> if uh, Toledo Bend went there, it'd be quicker. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: No doubt, no doubt. But, um, but yeah, so so we did that, became a recruiter, moved here. and um, and you know, I, it was it was one, probably one of the most rewarding, but one of the most hardest uh, assignments to do at that point as an enlisted sessions recruiter. Uh, made a lot of good friends and you know and uh i still keep in contact with a lot of the recruits that i put in you know that they have gave you know gave me feedback said hey man thank you so much for this opportunity you know this that and the other and um, so you
0: didn't lie to them like mine did no, no 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 but see
1: this is one thing i remember i mean I remember walking into the office um but the, my first day and it was literally hilton wells uh, I think he he had he had just finished. Yeah, and uh, of course he lives in he's the pastor of Rivers of Living Water here in De Ritter. He lives yeah. in Shreveport now, uh, but uh, but I replaced him, and so uh, and so obviously from what I understand that you know listen to Pastor Larry over at Christway that uh, yeah. that Pastor Well or excuse me well, well he is Pastor Wells now but um, Hilton Wells was Larry's. Re- or was Larry's recruiter when Larry was uh, attempting to go into the air force? Oh, okay, so, was that? yeah, and so, um, and so it, that was just kind of an ironic situation yeah, there. Yeah. Small town too. And so yeah, it still. is. And then uh, one of my one of my recruits reached out to me recently. That's actually friends with. Uh, Louis Beebe. And so I was like, wow, that's so you that's, live
0: in the town. You recruited people out of. Yeah. So that's dangerous. <laughs> so it's
1: just, I, but you know what, I, you know, fast forward a little bit. We well, don't live here, you I'm know, sorry. but you know, obviously I've, I've had um, another stint where I, I, you know um, I ran, you know, type thing. I got into some, uh, you know um, and some trouble with my first wife, you know, obviously there was, it, we were together for 14 years And, um, you know, and I found out that there was some extracurricular activity that was going on and it really hurt, you know, and I'm like, man, you know, that's just, you know, so anyways, so I finally get to, um, you know, leave that. Then I got, you know, went to, uh, got married again. And that was just like, boom, 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 you know, and I'm like, okay, I need to stop running. Right. You know, I was like, I was like, God, this is trying, trying to fill and, up, trying to fill up the calling with something cause I, else. Because yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know, I'm hurt. I, I blamed God for the, my marriage failing at the time, <clears throat> you know, and so finally I got medically retired or got medically retired out of the Air Force because um, I was really dealing with, you know, the loss of my friend Dustin and, um, you know, and it just, it slowly but surely because they they put a monument over there next to the fitness center and then they put a they put a plaque over there next to the the meps liaison's office so it's like every day i had to see that and see that it was a constant reminder as much as it honored him it was hard for me to see that every day because yeah. it just reminded me of of the days that we worked out in the gym and then just and it's just like we made plans to go fishing get the families together all these different things and it just truly just tore me up right and um but um but I started to blame God for, you know, for just a lot of things after my marriage went went south. So, you know, I did the worldly thing, went to dating websites and, you know, just it just didn't, you know. So ended up meeting, you know, my second wife. And then, of course, uh, we met on a February, got engaged in July that same year, got married in October that same year. Like just super, super fast. I mean, I had family members, you know, even my grandma was like, you know, God's not, you know, he's yeah. he. I don't know about that. You know, (laughs) like, I'm like, I, I, I just like, wow. You know, so about a year and a half into that marriage, I, I was like, God, I'm yours. Uh, I I realized my true identity at this point because I was thinking from a, you know, almost a carnal perspective. It's like, okay, yeah, I believe in God. You know, I'm, 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 I'm doing these things, but it's like, I, I want more. I want more than just just believing in him. I want to do something else, you know, and I'm tired of, you know, blaming, you know, God for things that, you know, that that happened in my life. Why don't I just accept it and say, OK, God, where are you taking me instead? Yeah. You know, so so finally um, uh, it got to a point to where, uh, you know, my second wife said, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a believer and I don't plan on ever being a believer. And it's just like, wow. You know, and then finally she she ended up filing for divorce not long after that. And, uh, it wasn't long after that is when we met, right? And yeah, it was, uh, it was, you and I met, I want to say it was probably about, maybe it was a year after, after, uh, her and I split. And then my divorce got held up because of the COVID situation. And, um, and then so that got finally because it would have been approved back in march of 2020 but the courts were closed yeah and so finally they they were able to approve it on my on my birthday (laughs) of all things but see the situation was was god was showing me that i was unequally yoked with her now granted although we did get a son out of it you know i mean I, i i thank god for my son and i you know raise him i do the best i can to raise him you know my son maverick and uh you know, in the house of God. And, and when I get him on my time and, and and just expose him to the things of God. And so, you know, I, I took a very serious turn, you know, in my marriage in 2016. It was like I said, it was about a year, or year and a half, give or take, um, after we got married. Well, she got mad because she said I changed, that I was different and she didn't like it. Yeah, and um, and I was like, and she didn't like the fact that I, 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 I'm, you know, she didn't like the fact that you know that I was against you know things like, you know, clubs and all these different things. I was like, I don't, I, that's not, I don't do that. It's not me anymore. You know, that's not my identity. That's not who I identify with. That's not yeah. what I identify with. And she couldn't understand that. And I, I didn't expect her to understand it. You know, all I could do is just, just pray for her. You know, and so finally, finally, it got to that point where um, you know, that, uh, she, like I said, she filed for divorce. We ended divorcing. And, uh, and so finally, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, you know what, I, um, you know, got divorced. And then finally, just at that point, I was like, God, okay, last time I got a divorce, I blamed you. This time I realized why it happened, you know, and I, and, you know, I remember, I remember a friend of mine, was I think it was in uh, I can't remember if it was in First or Second Corinthians. It said that when the unbeliever uh, decides to walk, let them walk. And um, you know, not to say that I didn't try. I, I mean, yeah. I tried. I, I gave it every everything that I got to try to yeah. make sure that that didn't you know uh, falter or anything like that. You know, I was like, you know, just don't give, give God up a, on it. Yeah, yeah, you know, please give God God a chance. And then that's when you know she was like, I'm not I'm not going to believe like that. Yeah. And um, and just I. You know, and then that's how that happened, you know, so <clears throat> fast forward a little bit. And, uh, you know, I um, I meet a friend down here who introduced me, you know, Jeannie introduced me. I've known Jeannie, obviously, since I was in you know my recruiting days uh, as a recruiter down here. And uh, and I remember when uh, when she was actually passing from El Paso through the Dallas area, there, it was in 2012, her and of course, Alyssa, her, her daughter was just a baby. And um, and there were 17 tornadoes that literally dropped out of the sky in a two hour period up there. And she was traveling all through that. And I remember she reached out. And she was like, hey, I, I don't mean to bother you. And, you know, and, and, and broke my first wife. And she's like, but I have nowhere to go. I'm at a gas station. These tornadoes are literally dropping out of these skies. And so uh, I was like, I mean, yeah, let me get with her and everything. And so finally she was like, yeah, yeah, just come on. You know, my first wife, you know, Brooke, she was all excited because she gets to hold a baby and hang oh, yeah. out and everything. And so but um, but we we, you know, we put up, you know, um, a mattress for her and Alyssa. And I think Elijah was with her, too. Um, and, and my son, Braden and Elijah were hanging out and, and so on and so forth. So that was good. But I mean, um, you know, we have a history of a friendship, you know, that, you know, everything was absolutely just, um, you know, respectful in, in every, every faucet. Right, yeah. Um, you know, I you know, every time that she asked for prayer, um, you know, I was always, you know, praying for her and her family and, and vice versa and do the same thing, you know? And so everything was always, always very clean, you know, in regards to that. And, and, um, that's the way, you know, we intended it because, um, we, we had boundaries, obviously, you know, spiritual boundaries you know, that we both went, un- we both understood too. you in regards to, you know, especially when a male is a friend with a female and vice versa, and <laughs> yeah. that and the other, you know, and, and of course, you know, it, it helped the fact that, you know, that my, my ex-wife also knew her too. And so, yeah. um, but, uh, but again going going fast forward you know like i said you know Jeannie introduced me because i was getting ready to move and you know to move to from fort worth to uh the east texas area because i wanted to be closer to my sons because I, I was only seeing them once a month at the time and i'm like man i was like i need to, i feel that god wants me to have more of an impact in their life right. not just as a father son but more spiritually than anything and so um so finally uh <clears throat> right before I moved, I felt God said, OK, do you want to know do you want to know uh, part of your ministry? This is the answer I've been waiting for this entire life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, OK, what am I doing? He said, I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do He said, you're going to have to follow my lead on that. He said, but I'm going to give you a name. And uh, he said, Lion of Fire Outreach Ministries was the name that he gave me. And uh, and I'm sitting here. I'm like looking it up on the internet, looking at this, and I was like, okay, there's this one guy that has Line of Fire Ministries on Facebook and everything, you know. But and then God said,
0: no, <laughs> I gave
1: you Line of Fire Outreach Ministries, and I'm like, but Lord, you know. And so I finally, uh, um, as of I, I want to say it was maybe about three. Two or three months ago, maybe about a month ago, I can't remember. It was two months ago. Um, I did a search on the U.S. Patent and Trademark, you know, name, and nothing populated under that name. And and I said, I said, Lord, are you telling me something? Bye. And so, so I I I bought the the rights to the name of Line of Fire Outreach Ministries. And so, uh, so <laughs>
0: maybe it, I should have done that before I named my podcast. I didn't do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so it, it's just one of those things where looking back. I was a prodigal son a couple times right. in my life, two or three times in my life. I'm not happy about those. You know, I had my struggles. But looking back, it's like, you know, God had placed people in my life since right. my last divorce over and over and over and over again in abundance. And, and, you know, I remember uh, Jeannie mentioned, hey, one of my prayers for you is that God surrounds you with godly men. I needed that. You came in the picture, Curtis came in the picture, Pastor Vic came in the picture, Pastor Tim came in the picture. And it's just like everybody. Now, if I left you out, you know, if you're listening, if I left you out, I love you. I'm just, you know, having Lewis. a brain fart moment right now. So. Louis
0: Beebe.
1: Louis <laughs> Bebe. There you go. So it's all these guys. And and it's in you understand how much I have an absolute love for you guys. Yeah. Because I feel that God is truly moving in a way in this community and in this church. I can't explain it. I cannot put my finger on it. But I know that there is something that's about to explode spiritually.
0: Right. I do too. And, um, I believe with all my heart.
1: And so, you know, I hear I hear churches talk about, oh, God, we want revival. We want revival. Well, in order to do so, you have to do your part. Right. I remember hearing, um, uh, who was it? um, uh, uh, Lord, bring it back to remembrance. Uh, Duncan Campbell, Reverend Duncan Campbell, is an old revivalist from back in the day. He made this quote. He said that revival is not a special effort. It's not anything at all based on or based or organized on the basis of human endeavor. But it's an awareness of God that grips the community.
0: Yeah. You it's know? an awareness that I need more. Yeah. It's an awareness that there's there's more there that I'm not participating in. You know, and I think that where we
1: are as a church, we're truly calling out to the deep. It's the deep calling out to the deep, and um and I think that I think that that's kind of where uh, where we are truly at this point. And uh, and I can't thank you enough. I can't thank uh, the other guys enough just for just pouring, you know, your brotherly love and you know into me and just just uh, taking me in. You know, as this new guy a year ago that comes yeah. in, you know,
0: and so what was and, cool um, though was when you got here, it wasn't like it. Now this you is you came really up you funny. came up to
1: me after I was praying. Yeah, you yeah, heard yeah. me praying Playing in tongues. Yeah, and I was like,
0: let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, but it, it's I'm gonna say this, and it's gonna sound extraordinarily horrible. So I'm uh, sorry <laughs> if it does. I'm sorry, but a lot of times when you meet new people. It's like they're – sometimes you need like-minded. And whether it's whether we all agree on the same thing, it's nice to have friends who are at the same level of trying, same level of, of learned somewhat, and have people who have – when you say something like this, blah, 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 what about this, 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 they don't look at you and go, yeah, let's pray about that. You know, like they've already thought right. about it before and they've had the conversation. And – and I, you know, my, all those guys that were here last time, and then you know, and and you and stuff. I, those are guys that I can throw ideas back and get get a in, instantaneous response, right? Even if you haven't thought about it before, the spirit works through you and you get it and you hear it right. and you say, okay, hey, let, you know, Lord, this, this, and this. And I'm like, yep, that's you know, I hadn't thought about that, and, right? And the good thing is, is that, that, that was always good. fun. About that's one thing about you off the bat was that I noticed that that I had that, which is great because I, you know, makes it. Not, not that a new believer isn't a good friend, or right. you know, doesn't have that. But it's just nice to have that, and I hope that sounds right. Does it right. sound? <laughs> well, yeah, I it's guess, nice to have people on the same sort of semi level. Right. Not that I'm well, on. one of those things level, to where
1: but, I feel like that it's the the confirmation of the edification isn't over our heads, right? With that particular person, because, and and, and again, you know, I I use the term levels loosely you know yeah. when it comes to that but because uh, I feel that even when we fall we haven't we haven't fallen off the rung Yeah, you know that we're still there still we, holding it, on. it's yeah. just you know it's that little voice that, that hey, no nah, you fell off
0: you know devil get, get behind me Yeah, come on now now and I, I want to like, say that I'm sure there's a lot of people that I know that are waiting for me to get up to their level so they can <laughs> have that conversation too which is fine you know like but God I, give me a cheat wanna, code yeah just, yeah right, right. like <laughs> Yeah, I spent I spent so many hours of my life cheat coding the Mike Tyson, and still never beat him. So, um, <laughs> but so um, man, we're almost an hour, man. This is like it goes by quick, but we does, we, we can. Um, I, I what what has you kind of talked about your early calling as a high school guy? Um, you talked about um brownsville and you in in the times that uh, your story is so much similar to mine it's, except i didn't go to brownsville um and i was a navy not air force but right there's a lot to that god put a lot of people in my life that that were there for and really christina is one of them too um even though she was in this practically the same scenario that i was in um we, you know, God allowed us to be together and, and then called us both back into the kingdom at the same time. Awesome. And um and so, um but so you you got a ministry name now and you don't know necessarily what it is, but you know that you'll be doing stuff and you'll right. be like and so do you feel do you feel that you've gotten back on track? Or like the do you are you still in that mode of like, now what, now what, now what? Are you, are you able to have that peace about and finding out when it's time? I do have the peace because although
1: I do know without a shadow of a doubt that his timing is perfect, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I know he goes before me and ah. I didn't see that before. Right. You know, I felt, oh, God's just right here right now but I see more, Hey, he goes before me, I saw it in the purchase of my house process. I mean, I prayed for it. Like you can ask Jeannie, you can ask my real estate agent, you can ask miss Claire. I mean, they, they literally were like, I don't know how you're going to get this house, Justin. And I was like, I'm trusting in God for this to happen. And then the winter storm hit and that, and it, it delayed things in order and literally forced the hand of the people that were selling it because it was a, an air like an heirloom type thing, you know, where four people had to sign on the, you know, when just one person that was selling it. Right. So um, so it forced their hand to have to extend the contract, which worked in my favor So I said, "Lord, you literally froze
0: time for me."
1: (laughs) So, but Uh, that's
0: a pun, right? That's a okay. I'm all about dad jokes too, so that's funny. Uh, Yeah, and that's and that's what's awesome is that you can. We didn't even get into everything that we could have, so we have to come back sometime and and for sure. But I do want to say that um, I was really, I was really encouraged. To find out that you had visitors uh, from from church at your grandfather's funeral, and that, yeah. and I do want to, you know, I was I don't want to spend too much time, but right. you recently lost those grandparents that were there that day, right? Uh, one right after the other, basically, like twenty days later, something yeah. like that. So, um, and those are the people who were a, a massive impact in your first initial walk, whether you know the, what they poured into you, and then. And then the immediate day of you going up and talking to them, and them taking you down to right. your uncles and stuff, and and th- that's that's amazing and that's awesome and 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 uh, and then when I found out that Pastor Vic and Pastor Tim had drove all the way to Nacogdoches to the funeral, I was really because not that's an hour and forty five minutes, you know that's right. that, that's a long way, and they always say the church alive is worth the drive, but it's really it really made me feel good. To know that they did that because it made me know that they feel like your family, right. you know, and not that they didn't before. Right. But anything could have happened that day, and it took them away from the ability yeah. of going. But nothing did, and, and they I felt were able that to the fun. first day that I walked into that building, like right. it, it it just it was
1: it was peaceful, it was calm. I had no problem shaking hands with brothers right. and sisters there, and it was it was. Uh, It was a great experience, and it continue and it continues to be a great experience. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what God's about to do in this church. I mean, in this community as well. I mean, look, look what's happening with the community, the Kingdom Center here with, with uh, you know, billion, billion here. (laughs) I mean, it's like wow, you know, this is amazing.
0: So, um, what was I going to say? I forgot. I had a point, but I forgot what it was. (laughs) My Uh, grandparents, uh, yeah, grandparents grandparents like church. uh, Anyway, uh, I really appreciate you coming in and, and no hope it, is it that it worked good. I mean, I know you did a lot of talking, which is great, because yeah. I, I feel like I take over too much. I try to – during, no, the, during the editing process, I'll listen. I'll be like, oh, stop talking, Jonathan. Stop talking. Let them talk. <laughs> so this is a good no, time No, it was good, that. man. So, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Do you want to pray us out? Yeah, absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you so much
1: for this opportunity just to, uh, to share my heart. Uh, to share my life, Lord Father, I know it's not easy for somebody to share such, such intimate and close things, you know, about their life. But Lord, I, I feel that whoever listens to this can relate to this, Father, that it may be able to change their life and to give them a perspective that they that they haven't seen before, and not because of me, but because of what you've done in me, Lord. And so, Father, Lord, I ask that you continue just to to bless this uh, this podcast as well, and just let it continue to to grow and. Uh, and, you know, that it may continue to bless and, and um, bring other people to, you know, other folks to the kingdom. So, Father, thank you so much. We love you in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody
0: says, Amen. Amen. I love doing that. Have <laughs> you never noticed? I always do that. Yeah. Because I was a kid, I always like, I always loved it when somebody finished praying and they'd say, and all of God's children say, "Amen." I just hearing the hearing hundred people say "Amen" at the same time in every prayer. Right. Man, it just makes me happy. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it was funny because I think when I was
1: listening to your podcast, you made you made mention about how uh, I think I think I think Rod Parsley came up in the. I can't remember who somebody, but. Maybe I do was, love maybe Bible But it was talking about how people said, this is my Bible. Oh, no. You know, I, I, <laughs> it's like your sword and your sheath, you know?
0: Yeah, this is, well, it's I am Jill what Osteen. it says I am. You know? Jill Osteen. I said that during Joel the sermon. Osteen, that's, yeah, that's what it I is. I said that during the sermon oh, okay. that's recently, right. yeah. And that was uh, for those of you listening, what I was saying is that Jill Osteen says that uh, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And mm-hmm. I have what it says I can have. And I stopped there because I believe that's real. Yeah. I do believe that. Now, whether you like the guy or not, it's irrelevant. But I right. do, that Bible is what it, it. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do, and I have what it says I can have. That's right. And a lot of people have a hard time with that because they can't get over the guy, but just listen to the words. The words are there. So Absolutely. I mean, so anyway, man, it was great. Thanks for coming. No Thanks problem. for being a part of it. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening.